0: Welcome to Me and Mary Jane with your host, Patricia A. Patton. Hello, everyone. This is Patricia A. Patton, a.k.a. CannaBoomer and now founder of the Cannabis Business Alliance. I'm here today with Liz Rogan. She is, um, from what I have learned thus far, and you'll find out soon enough, too, she is a cannabis nerd. Hi, Liz.
1: Hey, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me on here with you today.
0: So it's my pleasure. So I'm just going to give you a quick blurb and you'll find out why she's so interesting. But for the past 20 years, Liz has had her finger on the pulse of the industry. I know her from the State of Cannabis show on Clubhouse, which airs daily at 9 a.m. Eastern. No, that's not true. It airs at midday Eastern, 9 a.m., Uh, West Coast town, Pacific Daylight Time, which is where I am at this moment. That's why I'm confused. Uh, She's a longtime expert, advocate, and educator of the cannabis industry. And she is a trend forecaster. Like, I come from the period of time where I was totally into Faith Popcorn. 1981 cocooning all of that so let's get into it because here we are in a cannabis industry where really nobody knows what's happening there's so many things changing so one let's begin with how did you become a nerd like when did you actually, or were you always a nerd and now you're just nerding out on cannabis.
1: Well, that's a great question. I think, honestly, I am was probably always a nerd. <laughs> um, yeah, my my parents can tell you of me following my mom around, reading her facts um, about things <laughs> from books, and. Um, I fell into being a real canon nerd because um, I am a certified nerd with, a you know, a couple BS's in, in nerdery. I'm a um, biologist and a botanist. And so oh. I, I come from the East Coast originally. My family's in Pennsylvania and I graduated from the University of Maine. And um, I found myself on the West Coast because I work with um, a lot of birds, a lot of endangered species and botanical surveys and other things. So I got a job on Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is just about an hour north of Santa Barbara, where I am now. And I was the seabird biologist for the Air Force Base for six months.
0: Seabird biologist, which is to say what? There, There is a type of bird, which is the seabird. And it was your job to do what?
1: I was in charge of recording, um, like monitoring and writing reports to the government all about the breeding season of all of the birds that bred on the outskirts of the base, on the ocean side of the base. So not only was I hiking daily, I was actually rock climbing and rappelling down cliffs, checking birds in crevices in the cliff wall. I was then writing reports and putting in data and looking at those trends (laughs) for the Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, which, well, it's basically, no, it was actually Department of Defense, sorry, Air Force Base.
0: Why do they need that information?
1: You know, they understand trends of what's going on. And on any federal land, um, it's mandated that they follow the Endangered Species Act. So because where Vandenberg is, is a really unique spot, it's called the Southern California Bite. it's G H T, but it's where three current systems meet, so there's all these upwellings, so all of these marine mammals and birds go there to breed, it's really neat.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. I, I,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, it's fascinating.
1: So anyway... Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead.
1: So anyway, I was doing that, and it was six months because the birds come and they breed, and then they go, and then they are gone. They're they're birds that spend most of their life over the open ocean.
0: <clears throat> oh. me.
1: So what? So then, in the six months off. Because it would be six months of work then six months off. So I did that for two years. And in in the six months off, I decided to go surfing and I bartended and it was a nice life. And so I met a friend, a woman on the beach. We just became friends. And she and her partner, soon to be husband, decided they wanted to open a cannabis dispensary. And they had a small one, but they wanted to open a big one. So they invited me to lunch and told me they had a business opportunity for me to uh, manage this store, but it uh, was just a building and a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) What year was this? This is 2006.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So I I basically um, walked into it from the ground up. And once I set up like all the standard operating procedures and, in you know, how to actually do things and operate the business, then I really started to listen to the consumers who are patients and really hearing what they needed so I could serve them better as a business. And plants are really important to me, as you can hear, I'm a botanist. Um, Herbalism is so important. I think that the earth gives us almost everything we need to help heal ourselves. And so I started listening to this one patient who told me this certain strain worked well for his eyes and eye pain and his headaches, and no other strain worked the same for him, so I, I started to look into that, and that's where I went. I fell in a crack and never came back.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know I think that uh, I think that that's really important i mean in terms of really trying to understand how this how cannabis works as medicine, you know, that in terms of talking to people, generally speaking, people who know more, they say that all the time, but there are not many places where you can actually enjoy that practice where someone will kind of work through the process of understanding how do you address the problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's like, that's one thing that I do right now in my current uh, life and my business is I do work with patients one-on-one and um, that like cancer patients, all different patients. I get a lot of patients referred from the Ridley tree cancer center here in Santa Barbara. And a lot of that is for symptomatic um, treatment. They don't normally refer patients for, they're not referring them for full treatment or anything. You know, they're looking at for cannabinoid medicine to help supplement other things with them, but um, I find it just an honor to be part of someone's journey, and it's it's really amazing to watch them go from, you know, being so uncomfortable to even just increasing like, oh, I can take like a couple more drops of this, and then seeing how much relief they can get in just like a couple more milligrams of, of the cannabis medicine. I'm sure you've seen it too, um, but it's it's and being on that journey with them though it may not lead to the end that you hope um, is still an honor and, and letting them have more laughter and more quality time while they're, you know, here, I feel like is, is, you know, the biggest gift and an honor and something I truly cherish and treasure. And you really learn a lot from everyone, you know, and their unique experiences.
0: Well, I think that that's probably why um, people like you and others in the healing community who are actually interacting with people uh, have such a wealth of information. I mean, it really reminds me of uh, my childhood and my grandmother and my mom, because until I worked for the Belgian government, I didn't have preventative medicine. I didn't really understand what preventative medicine was because we healed in the house. We didn't go to the doctor um, at the point at which we went to doctors for, well, baby checks or something like that. People were pretty far gone. Um, so it's nice to see this come back as kind of a practice. And even though it may not be mainstream at this point, the fact that there are more people um, practicing and talking, beginning to talk about it more openly means that maybe eventually it will get to more people. And that's really my thing is that I wanna be a bridge between all this intellect and all this experience and the community leaders who are sharing this information. So your practice actually let's see how do we tell me about your practice your business first and then we're going to jump over to the industry trend so that people can just understand why you know and why you say what you know you know
1: well i mean even to back up to to what you were saying from segue from that is that you know that the one of the trends is increased mainstream use and um <clears throat> as that you know, moves forward because of looking at the laws, like looking all the way you know at the top and the politics and the laws. I think it's so important, like with what you're saying to to look all the way back down to the consumer and who does that affect you know, and people educators are really needed um to help uh people. Understand, because like you said, you know, I mean, this is complicated. It's like everybody doesn't have time to talk about this, but CBD is almost a household name at this point. Like, you know, people are like, I've heard of that, you know? So the fact that that is happening shows, I think, huge, you know, growth and the stigma is changing. I think you see other plants in the same space, like, you know, um, mushrooms, you know, I feel like it's not even fair. They're getting, they got to jump so far ahead. Where Didn't
0: they really? I mean, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, I mean, I have really had my eye on this industry for three years, like just every day. And a lot of what I know is in my head, it's intellectual. It's not necessarily experiential. Mm-hmm. And so to see like one year suddenly Mushrooms, functional mushrooms, I've been ordering them myself for functional mushrooms in coffee. You know, they wasn't even a part of my landscape a year ago.
1: Agree. It's wild. It's like in cannabis, it took so long. Um, I do have some concerns that I hope, you know, that people... I just you know with anything even with cannabis like very high THC uh percentages for people who've never used cannabis or other things you know can you know people do need to know how to use it wisely and so that goes back again I think to that the education is so important and the great thing with psychedelics especially mushrooms is um even looking at the laws so the DEA this past year just um dropped like they released dropped a bunch of stuff on research, like a bunch of moratoriums. And so it like made it that researchers can actually get cannabis from dispensaries and cannabis. That's actually what people are smoking to test on for their research because they hadn't been. And so I think that there's like, there's a lot more education that needs to happen because people don't understand it's been, you know, so even, you know, people like you who, there's it's necessary to translate because the scientists are learning on their level the regulators are learning patients are learning doctors are learning but those people in the middle like what i find is really education is huge and it's hard because you don't get it's really hard to get compensated for it but i find like I speak at like some older, older groups and women's clubs and different things a lot because people want to understand the basics of it. And then they can help make the best informed decisions for themselves. And as like research comes out, you know, they want to know. And so I think education is, is really that bridge to, um, safe, um, you know, like safe and healthy use because everything is dose dependent.
0: Well, and I have heard, Many people also say that they, um, that the change will actually be driven by patients. You know, sort of forcing doctors, bringing information to doctors, insisting that they think about it or talk to someone or direct them to someone like you because you want answers and you want to know whether there's any truth to what you're beginning to hear. I mean, I have lots of conversations with doctors because I'm a nerd. And I want to understand the science and I want to figure out, well, how would that work for me? And people call me who are not yet willing to be public, you know, in their curiosity or in their practices, even because lots of people are doing things that they're not willing to uh, honor publicly. And the truth of the matter is that it's like you say, since everything really is individual, you know, there are broad truths, but figuring out what actually works or talking to someone who can take you a little further in your thinking so that you can have a different conversation. People have to be encouraged to do that, you know?
1: it. Yeah, I think it really, and then it's it's a trust thing, you know, <clears throat> coming from this past year plus, I mean, think everyone's afraid of kind of health, like we're all afraid of being broke and being sick. So health and wealth are, you know, key, what everyone wants. And people are looking for trust and we want to build up our immune systems, you know, pharmaceutical, there's much distrust in all of these things, big pharma and things. And I think people are finding more, you know, um, relief and and there's drip drive. If you look at just trends in the market, everyone, people are going towards more wellness products and CBD and THC really do, are part of a healthy lifestyle, um, and uh, people want to understand that better, so there's the educated consumer wants to know, and then the products are more available, also because of more people being, you know, here, like I was saying, it's, it's better to go with that lower dose, um, you know, so you see a lot more lower dose offerings, and a lot different forms for people. Um, And that's kind of neat because you see a lot of innovation and research. And so that is a lot more, you know, opens a lot more of that, not only to like physicians, but to the common people, common person. And um, there really is the need, like to what you were saying, Physicians have to learn about what this going on because their patients are taking it. So it's kind of even like it doesn't matter if they didn't want to in the beginning. Like they need to understand it. So for whatever kind of doctor you are, someone's taking CBD or other things like that can affect your cytochrome P450, which is how you process other medicate medication and other things in your body. So it's really important to know that you know. So the doctors need to be informed at this point because whether or not they like it, people are adding this into their diets and, and their daily regimen. So that the low dose offerings is good. It opens it up to a lot more people and goes along with that mainstream use of, and also health where people can have it in different forms. So drinks are becoming huge, right. you know? So, so it's, it's really neat to see how that education goes with the low dose offerings, increased mainstream use, wellness, and looking for trust in, in, um, in health.
0: So those were your three that I have um, listed here. The first, was, the first was increased mainstream use. And nobody's going to deny that that's the case. And the projection is that by 2028, it will reach, uh, the industry will reach $13.4 million. That's a lot of money. It's what is this? This is 2021. That's seven years. I don't know what it is right now, but this is just the demand for CBD. From cannabis and hemp. Do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between CBD uh, that is coming from cannabis and CBD that's coming from hemp?
1: Oh, sure. I'd love to. Um, yeah. So as CBD becomes this like household name everywhere, um, I think it's it's important people do understand the difference between the two. So technically, botanically, we look at it in cannabis sativa species is includes cannabis and hemp. So um, I like to joke. It's like, if you had like two sisters and one has an A cup and the other has like double. Yeah, D. No, that'll work. So no. no, it's like, you know, it's like, they're still both girls. They still both have a lot of benefits and, and can do so many amazing things, but slightly different ways to close fit them, you know? Right. So anyway, um, The thing that I think is the most important to know is that cannabis is an accumulator plant. So it's often used for bioremediation. What that means is it can take uptake toxins in the soil and the air and clean it out. So they even used it for uh, soil remediation at Chernobyl to uptake. Mm -hmm. And it has a unique thing where it can go roots to shoots. So it cleans it out. But what that means is it concentrates it in its buds which is where the trichomes are which is the oil uh, glands that we're harvesting right now that people know at the moment are, are what they're looking at medicinally now I think in the future we'll see a lot more that's going on in the plant but right now what we really know is those trichomes so in harvesting that for and that's where the CBD is, the majority of the CBD is, is in these trichomes. The trichomes can be distributed throughout the plant, like in very small amounts, but they're usually concentrated in the buds. So the thing is about hemp is um, it doesn't have to go through any kind of testing process. And prior to 2018, when the Farm Bill was passed, all the hemp, any hemp that came, or CBD that came into the United States had to be from... Um, out of the states if you grew hemp or anything in the united states excuse me you couldn't sell it in the united states crazy so they changed that around but so china has an enormous hemp market they're growing it for jute and other things for fiber bast fiber so by doing that a byproduct of that is cbd especially when you're harvesting in large amounts we all know China has like, you know, stellar record on yes. um, <laughs> environmental <laughs> regulations. The, the thing is, and then CBD and its its form of being isolated completely from everything is a white powder. And so it's like, hmm, what's the incentive to like that a white powder is going to be pure? And so what that did is um, it drove down the price of that because other countries are starting to grow, other nations starting to grow Um and process that which is good but you know it's it's something that um now the price is going down and so almost anyone can get it and so but the quality is very questionable and if you're trying to take something like that for a health benefit um it's not really you know it's questionable if that's going to have heavy metals or other things that actually might be harming you instead of helping you right Cannabis, on the other hand, has to go through, like, if it's your your daughter who's, uh, she's over 0.3% uh, THC, then that has to go through the regulatory system, or at least in California, we're testing to parts per billion for any contaminants. Um, and so the thing is, especially as, as CBD is used in a lot of inhalable things, right. Um, you know, vapor, I'm sure, you know, but like the gases that come off of it can be toxic from vaporizing that. And so when you're choosing a cannabis based CBD, you can know that it's, um, been gone through that testing, very strict testing system, but all in all, um, hemp can produce more than 0.3% THC and, um, That cannabis can produce less. That's actually just a legal term that was just like thrown arbitrarily by a Canadian study.
0: It's like 10,000 steps a day, you know, comes from some Japanese random study. Nobody really understands whether the health benefit is the same for 4,000 and 10,000, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's like, ours was like a Canadian thing. I'm like, guys, we didn't even do our own research. Mm. Like, what? Yeah. It's super arbitrary. And the thing is, it's a challenge because like it's, this is an agricultural crop, you know, like you can't just say, Oh, stop right now. Okay. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: And, um, so there's a lot to be done and then hemp can bank right now and cannabis people can't bank like the industry. So that's another fun, uh, differentiator of it, but all in all, it is the same plant. And um, depending on its genetics, it has the, you know, ability to produce more of one thing or another. Well, I think that lots
0: of people don't know that. I mean, I didn't know that three years ago, that they are the same plant, that they're sisters, you know, same family, mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know, being grown for different reasons, you know. Um, let's see, I want to, let's so, so that was, Trend number one, trend number two is this low dose product offering. I wanna just chat about that briefly. And that has Mm -hmm. to do with like, I noticed, um, well, actually I'm in California now uh, and I'm gonna spend the winter out here because there's so much more, there's so many things that are different than being on the East Coast that I can partake in, look at, et cetera, because the market is older. So here now we're ahead of the game although I noticed the ICANN was on the East coast. I saw it in New York somewhere, but they're beverages. Like there are a lot of beverages that are here and there are a lot of processes that are being used in terms of technology to isolate, you know, chemically um, the cannabis, cannabinoids. So um, this is something that's of interest in particular for people who don't smoke flower you know, so you're looking for other ways to consume. So it's nice or take older people who are used to drinking, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a whole other thing, which I hadn't given that much thought to, but the projection is that CBD drinks market alone is projected for a 27.5% annual CAGR growth during the forecast period for 21, 26, that's five years. That's do you think that the traditional beverage people that we know and won't mention are in this piece of the market?
1: Yes, I do. Because um, the thing is right now, they're looking at some laws like governor Newsom in California just signed into law, like a regulatory system. So CBD could be put into food and cosmetics. So prior to that because cbd has an fda certified because it hasn't gone through like right. this like, process and tested um but the ability to put that into like in they're looking at that in federal laws the ability to do that is enormous and um you know like you it's it's driving so much technology in terms of water soluble thing uh like things so it's like faster acting so they can hit you immediately and and also wear off in a certain amount of time um but yes because even in the THC drinks market you can see like um who else has it um Paps Blue Ribbon has a uh high seltzer oh really <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, my brother, I saw it the other day and I had to show my brother who's back East and he drinks his pap's blue ribbon. And I had to say, Hey, look at this. But I think, you know, it drinks are, are, um, very accessible to a lot of people. You know, it's not like, it doesn't back you off. You're not smoking. You're not like eating something like, Oh, you know, and I have to say the social part of it is, is fun. Like these low dose, like social tonics, like can, you know, it's four milligrams or something of like CBD and two of THC. And you can have a couple. Um, I really like it. And um, I think again, as people go towards health, they're going to yeah. lean towards that. And, um, and just so many things they're making like these in one company I worked with called monomolecular, they have these tablets, they're in Massachusetts, that go under your tongue and apparently you have onset in, in a minute. You know, so for some people that's really great, you know, effective, especially if like you're, you're trying to take CBN, like a different cannabinoid THC to go back to sleep. Like, awesome. Right. right.
0: Well, I'm definitely planning to try those because I couldn't get them in New Jersey where I live, but Uh I definitely have access now. And I see that there's a combination CBD, CBN and THC that this is like, uh, I won't name the companies, but they're. It's their brand, you know, it's their formulation. So I'm going to try the formulation to see because it's not going to sleep. It's staying asleep and waking up feeling good. So let's Mm -hmm. see if this really if this really works or not so but
1: it does bring like more research to the table and that because like people think thought at first that cbn was like what made you tired because we would all smell old cannabis and you yeah. would get into butter and smoke it and everyone got really tired so you're like oh and it was pie and cbn so we're like cbn makes you tired well cbn doesn't make you tired by itself it has to, it actually was turns out of some of those terpenes that smelled like straw and that old cannabis but so the thing is there is thc has to be part with cbn to help you sleep but cbn by itself actually is great for anxiety. So it's like, oh, really? Anxiety attack.
0: Very interesting. I tried
1: it. I tried this one that was the straight isolate they they gave me to try. And I'm like sitting there like, this doesn't do anything, you know? Like I didn't even feel a single thing. And I was like, oh, but that's great to know. Like say you were having an anxiety attack, Um, you know? But I think the cool thing is with the research um, and all these new product offerings, more people are likely to try it. And the low dose like keeps people safer, you know, yeah. it's like, instead of giving, like give them wine coolers, don't give them like shots of Everclear or tequila, you know, like l- let's set them up for success. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I think that this, the, uh, your third trend, which was increased use of cannabis medicinally, I think that that's really important because for, uh, you know, again, I'm talking about a particular demographic of 50 and above, you know, like people want to know can I depend upon this to give me xyz results you know and I think that um, if we're saying it's medicine you want to even if it's not the same even if you need two aspirins and I need three or one you want to have an idea you know what's going to get me off you know because I don't want to be dancing on the table talking shit you know
1: Yeah. And that's why you want the same thing every single time. That's why, you know, it is important to get products, even though it's easy to buy things online and they look like exciting. If you buy things from a licensed cannabis retailer, at least in California and in other States, it should be the same, but in California, you can know that that product has to, like it has to match those test results on the label or they have to destroy it. They can't. So the thing is, um, The problem is like, you could get something one time and it could be different than the next. So like you're saying with the medical use or medicinal, it's really like, basically I think of it as wellness and medical because, you know, it's just important to know you're going to get the same thing every time. And there's so many, like so much snake oil out there because there's no testing or regulation right now. So they've done tests, like taking just, random, the CBD gummies or something that you've seen in the grocery store, different things and testing them. And they're all different. Like there wasn't any that came up to what exactly what they said, you know? And so my concern is with that, that people fall for that. And then there's new synthetic um, cannabinoids they've been creating in labs, you know, like Delta 8. Yes. The other one I I'm afraid of is called THCO. And um, it's basically THC acetate, but it's supposed to um, have uh, like ayahuasca like effects. Mm. And people would smoke it in a cartridge and Mm. it would take effect for like 90 minutes. I'm like, Mm. sounds terrifying. Um, And um, the one thing with the medical use is I think people will look for it a lot for wellness. Because again, they're going to be looking for trust and health. Uh, And then once their doctors recommend it. But the other thing I think is that, you know, looking towards high dose things may end up being picked up more by the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So,
0: yeah. I mean, um, you know, 50 years ago, I was, I would smoke with anyone, you know, which of course I won't. At this point in my life, but I mean, I was living in San Francisco and, you know, people would share, you meet people on the streets, you talk and people would share what they had. Yeah. I wouldn't think of doing that now, but if, I, but the other thing is that I, we were not smoking anything that was 27, uh, milligrams of THC. Either.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So,
0: so that, that's a problem that, um, you know, it doesn't work well for me. You know, and so it's really. I think that that's another reason that cannabis for wellness and for um, health is has been my focus. Rather than, I mean, I really do believe that people who are in the legacy market should be able to function, and there needs to be a bridge for them to do that. But I don't know how you do that if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of experience and you need to know you know kind of what you're dealing with you can't just deal with whatever comes in
1: you have to really have like you do really have to have a team of people you can trust um because you can't know everything there's no way to do that and if you try to do that you will certainly fail because you just can't be the jack or jane of all trades in this industry and you shouldn't try to be because literally right. Right. Um, too many people try to do that you have to set yourself up for success you know um there's there's a it's just there's a real need but there's still uh, you know there's still so much what's exciting I think about the cannabis industry is there's still a lot of room for innovation um, for research is is blowing up you know now that the DEA has dropped some of those uh, the moratorium and some other. Uh, barriers to entry. We're going to see exponential growth in that, which is really exciting. Um, they are regulations, um, you know, being introduced uh, multiple times. They've tried nothing successful thus far. But looking at THC caps. Um, oh, yes. And so that'll be interesting. I think that's hard because I do know people who are patients and they benefit from that very high THC. Like that's what works for them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then also on the other hand, I do understand that people who are susceptible to like young boys who are susceptible to like psychosis as their brain is still developing, you know, really shouldn't have access to that. But I do think it comes down to a common sense approach, kind of like alcohol, where you know, you're only allowed to purchase it if you're at a certain age or older. Um, I do, I hate to say it, but my prediction is that, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, we're going to see more of like that high THC is going to be taken over by big pharma. I feel like there'll be some cannabis companies, um, and some small, like big cannabis companies, uh, you know, probably maybe tied with big tobacco who are able to have just huge fields of like kind of mid-grade cannabis Yes, that'll be available all over. There'll be some craft cannabis from certain areas that has, you know, like some value, like hopefully Humboldt can maintain their appellation and and their value in certain areas. And, And like anyone supporting your local farmer's market and stuff. And I think that, you know, I, I would, I just, it's hard because when you put the carrot as the dollar sign, you know, it just, it's like Rico always says on our news show, follow the money. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard with that. So it's, that's, what's unfortunate like for patients, but the one thing I like, and I think that that we both agree on a lot is this education of um, you know, if people do have the ability to grow their own plant, like Sometimes it's not the ideal situation, but I find that healing can be like growing that plant can be just as healing sometimes as using that plant. And there's many methods to healing, you know?
0: I think that's a great place to pull this to the end. I think it's fabulous that you say that because I was going to ask you what your predictions for the future, but I totally agree with you because I'm a gardener and my relationship to the earth it has made a big difference in my life, generally speaking, just it, really understanding and having my own sort of relationship with the circle of life. And so I look forward to um, New Jersey, you know, getting some home grow so yeah. that I can grow plants in my own yard and have my own medicine you know I can talk to other people we can change exchange but you know it's just like that would be my real life yeah that's the kind of life that I would envision you know
1: and I think like all of that leads to health, you know, it's like, we look at things like, especially like just cancer patients as an example, you know, they're not ever like, just take this one thing, you know, it's all of these things that, that come together, not only them changing their diet, but changing their lifestyle and stuff. And, and I think, you know, like, I'm sure you've experienced, I have too, like stress is huge and just all the things that can manifest and do in these diseases and illnesses that can bring upon us. And so just even taking that time, like, I remember taking that time to garden and center and focus and, and even like people, I've had people or patients, they get had a little tiny little plant with a tiny little bud. Yeah. i was so proud yeah. of it. you know. And like, I had
0: and- one like this, you know, yeah. it's like just like that. And it went like that. I got a couple little buds off. of It, it was like, Oh my God. It was like, I had grown an heirloom tomato.
1: Yeah, and I heard someone say a long time ago, a grower. They said, um, "Smoking cannabis isn't addictive, but growing is." And I Uh I definitely agree. And gardening is part of healing, so I'm with you on that. Yeah.
0: So I thank you so much for um, joining me. Our guest today has been Lynn, Liz Rogan. Uh, I think that we should talk more about you being a botanist because your actual way of seeing the world you know, that colors, you know, even this. I mean, it's a whole nother way of experiencing the industry, you know? So it's been really great talking to you and thank you so much for making time. I will be back uh, on another topic because I think that the state of the cannabis news is also one of the best things happening now in terms of real news
1: it is i think so i'd love to speak with you more about it okay
0: that's great thank you so much Liz.
1: oh yeah it was my pleasure um anytime if i can help you you know get if there's something you're with the state of cannabis or something i can help you do any events or anything like get shout outs on or something i mean keep me posted i'm uh happy to um I'm also very data focused for, as my biology and botany stuff. And so trends, like I always look at trends. Oh yeah,
0: no, no, no. I'm coming back to you on that because but I- But even
1: just for us as like market trends and stuff. Yes,
0: yes. Because I'm always like, I was on the headset, you know, I was following the headset, downloading uh-huh. those, trying to figure out what they mean. And for me, I am particularly interested in data that says something about people who are- over fifty years of age, and most of it does not. Most do of it, it just just talks about, oh, we buy this, we buy that, but you don't even know who we is.
1: Well, actually, it's so cool because I do brand strategy with this company called Oniracom, and they do um, market intelligence and research, and this is what I love about it. So. Um, what you do is they send out like surveys actually, and you send it out to all these different. It's like a demographic. This thing like runs it, so it's. But basically, what they do is they're collecting that information. It's based on answers to people, people's answers to surveys. Whether the company has like a list that they want to ask the people to, like Flokana was a client.
0: Yeah, they were um, like they were. Well, Flokana is the, anyway. Shut up. Patricia.
1: Well, they were like, ooh la la. You know, they were exactly. But then what happened is they lost market share and their spot in the market. And so they're like, what do we do? So they tried to listen to hear what people wanted. Right. Um, So they sent out like, it's a survey that we would put together and we would cater the questions to try to find out like what people think. So you do this research and you look back at what the answers are and then that's how you're doing market predictions and saying, okay, like, you know, who, like, who is buying this product? Like who is buying a low dose to fast acting THC product like who's your persona so like how or or do what do these people want do women 60 to 75 want a low dose lotion like what do they want like and then what other what other stuff's on like the on the market you know like so who are you going to be competitors are you are like you know you're going to come make your lotion where there's 20 other lotions and nobody right. can make? you know what I mean and then right. I mean down to the nitty-gritty of like what color do you like better? Like, do you prefer purple or blue? Like, I mean, literally, and it's cool. Like I personally, that's like my, fa- one of my favorite parts about it is looking at trends and like like pulling So out. what does
0: it cost to do something like that? Cause like some of the best information that I'd seen so far was what uh, Oasis Intelligence did. Mm-hmm. And so I had talked to both Ben Wu and Laura because I saw the information I put together like, Uh, a panel for South by Southwest that didn't get enough votes because we didn't hustle hard enough. But the point of the matter really is it was the first data that I saw where there was a possibility that I was included in it because Uh most of what I see, I'm not in it. Like people like me are not in it because, you know, I'm black, but, you know, class wise, you know, I'm white, you know, and, you know, it's just like a weird thing, but there are lots of people like me across the country. Yeah. I know them personally, yeah. you know, who don't show up in any of this. And they're the audience that I want to put my uh, flag in the ground mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, and yeah. to sort of bring into this mix as it relates to healthy aging. Yeah.
1: Know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge on top thing. Like I'm writing right now for, um, Leanne for them because they're like what like for the new year like they're always on this stuff that's why they're great like they're like oh we need to know like what trends are coming I'm like oh okay yeah then they're like well looking into the new year I'm writing a piece on what like CBD will do and stuff you know basically or how for the new year it's like all these things it's gonna incorporate into it you know looking at like wellness and then also as people start to people are going to work out because it's going to be their new Year's right. resolution, right 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 right. After right. COVID. so guess what you're going to have inflammation you know right, and it's, right you're, you're right. stressed about bills so it takes you know and so it's um there's a real need for that like people like the representation i'm happy to connect you in to um introduce you to jacob um, tell my colleague who's the owner of it and um I don't know how long you're in California but we are having this big cannabis uh holiday party I think it's December 11th I think um no you're in
0: okay so I'm in Seattle right now because this Seattle. is no well this is where I'm from and So oh, I came okay. home I came home but I'm going to be in Los Angeles for the winter, I'm going to be in Los Angeles until March because I've left the East Coast. I don't want to be there for the winter. So my my son and my grandchildren live in Los Angeles. From here, oh, cool. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to um, the Emerald Harvest,
1: Emerald Cup. Yeah, yeah. So Nice. Yeah.
0: So big. So now here's the thing. When's the you're in Santa Barbara?
1: Yeah, I'm on your way down from the Harvest right. before there. Right. Right. So I could come uh, to LA. We should always like we should meet up and have lunch or something. It would just Yeah, be cool. yeah like, I would love actually, to do that. You should come by our office in Santa Barbara. That's what you should do. And then you could meet the uh, my colleague and stuff. And um
0: I would like to do that because that right, be really cool. right now I've been I've been um, the only real work that I've gotten thus far is well I used to be in the hustle of freelance writing, but mm-hmm. that just took so much energy that and it wasn't really worth it in terms of the money yeah so I just decided to try and focus and figure out what it was I was trying to do which is why the Canvas business alliance was born because I really want a community where um I really want a community that that functions like a community Uh that, that really mixes up you know uh thought leaders and and business people who maybe don't talk to each other like everybody sort of admires each other from a distance or whatever but they're not really you know in community with each other you know
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah
0: so um so yeah i'll definitely come to santa barbara because it's one of the pretty places i like to go i like that oh you know santa barbara street yeah
1: it's so pretty i mean that's the thing it's like living here is paradise my family's in pennsylvania i was actually born in jersey um in like Rahway, but i hate to admit it because <laughs>
0: Was, uh, what's I was born here in Seattle. But uh Rahway, the only thing I know in Rahway besides the train station is uh, there was a movie. There was a there's a prison there.
1: Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. My dad was doing his residency. He's a pediatrician and family practitioner. So he was doing his residency there. And so I just have just
0: happened to be be born. Yeah.
1: No, I'm from Maine. I'm from Maine.
0: (laughs) That's hysterical. That's hysterical. So, all right, I'm just going to tell you what you tell your PR people to put that you're trained as a botanist higher up in your, in your uh, PR paper, because it's an interesting perspective, you know? I mean, you don't have to prove anything, but I think that it just kind of takes a conversation someplace else, you know?
1: Yeah what I like to, for me is like what you mentioned, the trends, I'm really focused on data too, overall. Cause it's like, I hate to just give out like, like CBD is perfect for everything. It's like, no, it's not like, you know, there's some things that you shouldn't really take high CBD with. Like if you're on, like, if you work with older folks, just knowing like people are on, um, some blood thinners, you know, you really just need to watch because it does, it can affect the absorption of certain things. So it's like, if you're on blood thinners, like Coumadin, most people aren't on Coumadin anymore. They've, changed but still if you're on Coumadin you shouldn't take like high doses like CBD you know and people don't know that stuff
0: no no like- and and because because people are so busy in the business of normalizing whatever that means that they don't say that they don't add that they just say that it's good for everything it, nobody's ever gotten hurt by it or what have you and for me I think that that's really important to have those kinds of uh- I
1: think it's just like you have to give people the most information and then because what I really like about cannabis um, I listened to this TED talk one time It was this one doctor and he was talking about cannabis with his patients and I think they were all like hospice patients like pretty much all dying but one thing he said and I really stuck with me is that the people felt like it gave them control of their own health you know and that's what I like about cannabis in a way and plant medicine and other things it's like instead of saying, hey, take one Advil or take two, you know, like you take one and see how you feel. Yes. And listen to your own body, you know, because I think we get so distant from that, you know. And so I like to give people as much information as they can in a way that they can understand it. And then they can make the best decision for themselves. You know, it's like, I'm not trying to convince you of anything, like, right. you know, it's right. like, oh, oh, but it's cool. And I'd love to tell you about it, you right. know.
0: exactly exactly that's that's exactly where i'm coming from too so it's great all right
1: pleasure to meet you patricia yeah
0: no it it was my pleasure i'm so glad i responded to i just like i decided i'm going to talk to who i want to talk to you know i'm not going to chase anybody's tail so
1: yeah anyway I can help you with um your business alliance also i have a, a cannabis business council so whatever i can do i saw like,
0: that i saw that yeah. i will be in touch with you i saw that okay. i was like i'm awesome. really trying to birth this thing so very awesome. cool yeah all i'm right.
1: happy to help you what i found along the way is the people you work with like the mentors and stuff or what really you know and that's what i've found at least so that's where the community is yes i found that i had to reach out so i'm really glad to re- talk to you all
0: right you too thank you all right bye bye Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today. Pass the word. Share the love. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Can't wait to talk to you again on the next episode. Thank you.